And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's it's Tuesday, September the 28th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on September 28, 1920, eight members of the Chicago White Sox baseball team, they were indicted for allegedly throwing the game, the 1919 World Series against the Cincinnati Reds. All of them were acquitted at the trial, but all eight were banned from the game for life. That was one of the dark days of baseball in its history, long history here in America. Today in 1066, William the Conqueror, he invaded England to claim the English throne. Battle of Hastings was 1066. Today in 1787, the Congress of the Confederation voted to send the just completed Constitution of the United States to state legislators for their approval. Today, in 1850, flogging was abolished as a form of punishment in the U.S. Navy. Today, in 1904, a woman, an unnamed woman, was placed under arrest for smoking a cigarette on New York's Fifth Avenue. They would not release her name to the public. Today, in 1924... Three U.S. Army planes landed in Seattle, having completed the first round-the-trip, round-the-world air trip. And, you know, Associated Press says that was 175 days. I didn't have time to look this up today, but I'm not sure that's true. It seems to me uh, that I've read elsewhere that it took 22 or 25 days. I, I don't know, but Associated Press... I think they've made a mistake on this. Honestly, I do. But anyway, it took a lot longer then than it does now. And uh, these uh, three planes, 1924, flew around the world, and they landed in Seattle. But maybe maybe it was 175 days. I think it was more in the 20-something, 22, 24, something like that. Anyway, I've taken some long flights when I was doing missionary evangelism and so on. We've talked about that often on this program. Um, I've been on flights. It seemed like they were 175 days long, but I don't think I don't even think this one was that long. Today, in 1928, Scottish medical researcher Alexander Fleming he discovered penicillin was the first effective antibiotic. Today, in 2000, capping a 12-year battle, the government approved the use of the abortion pill. Remember that RU486, I think it was. Five years ago today, in a resounding rebuke, Democrats joined with Republicans, imagine that, to hand Barack Obama the first veto override of his presidency, voting overwhelmingly to allow families of 9-11 victims to sue Saudi Arabia in U.S. courts for its alleged backing of the attackers. That was five years ago today. Interestingly enough, the New York Times has published a correction. Yesterday we talked about the Border Patrol and those fine men, and I'm sure there are women in it as well. I didn't see any pictures of women, but we'll assume that they are. The Border Patrol who ride the horses. We talked about how that the press just went crazy. So did the President of the United States condemning those people for beating those Haitians with, with whips. Well, it all turned out, as we talked about yesterday, they weren't doing that at all. Even the guy that took the picture said it. he didn't see any Border Patrol people whipping anybody, Haitians or otherwise. 
New York Times had carried a feature article. I mentioned that yesterday in my comments on the program here. Well, they've come out now with a um, <laughs> with a correction. The original article had been, the first article was published Friday afternoon. Then over the weekend, they had published another one, just emphasizing how horrible these Border Patrol people were. And Biden said they're going to pay for their actions and all of that. We won't go through it. We talked about that yesterday. The first report in on Friday in the New York Times, I'm just going through this to give you just a sense of how all this rolls. You can multiply this by a thousand, and that's why it's so confusing to listen to the news today. The first report said the images of agents on horseback, this New York Times on Friday evening, Friday afternoon, the images of agents on horseback chasing and in some cases using the reins of their horses to strike at running migrants came as Mr. Biden's administration moved to forcefully round up and deport more than 2,000 of the 15,000 migrants who gathered in a makeshift camp in Del Rio, Texas. That's what they said on the first report, and then they enlarged on that. The updated version was changed. They changed the sentence to say, quote, this is the new version, Images of Border Patrol agents on horseback waving their reins while pushing migrants back into the Rio Grande have prompted a torrent of criticism from Democrats and civil rights groups. In the correction, which was today, the New York Times admitted that the original article overstated, that they used that word, what was actually going on at the border. They said an earlier version of this article overstated what is known about the behavior of some Border Patrol agents on horseback. That's how they corrected themselves. With a whole bunch of words that are sort of just tumbling out of both sides of their mouth. But they can now say they retracted or they corrected and so on. That's the world we live in. There's so much deception. There's so much, I mean, it's just... There's always been deception in the world. I mean, go back as far as there is history. And the Old Testament is is probably is the most certainly reliable. It's the word of God. But it's probably the oldest that we have any consistency with in, in human history. And as far back as we can go, there's always been deception. And we know, those of us who read the Bible know that Deception was at the heart of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. Today it has multiplied, but I've never seen it so intense, the deception, as I'm seeing it today. And I think you would agree with that. Hunter Biden, we found out this morning, not surprisingly, he still holds 10% stake in the Chinese firm, the communist firm, despite his pledge and his father's pledge, who doesn't know anything about what his son is doing in business. Ha ha. They both pledged that he would divest himself of that as Joe Biden became president of the United States. Well, he still holds that 10% stake. Chinese government-linked firm is invested in companies sanctioned by the United States despite repeated pledges from President Joe Biden that he and his family would not have any, I'm quoting him, have any foreign business ties or claims that would... Um, while he was in the Oval Office. So the Washington Examiner asked yesterday about the Biden administration, whether Hunter Biden had actually followed through uh, with their pledge. 
and the uh, White House Deputy Press Secretary, Andrew Bates, he didn't know how to answer that, so he said, well, he said, quote, we refer you to Jen's, that Jen Psaki, who's usually doing the press conferences, Jen's comments and Hunter Biden's representatives. And Jen's comments were, no, they're, they're going to divest themselves and blah, blah, blah. They're not going to do anything of the sort. I mean, they're, they're making millions and millions of dollars off the influence of having Joe as president of the United States, his son Hunter. He told us a year or two ago that he didn't know anything about what his son was doing. Then we find pictures of he and his son and these major players from communist China and wherever playing golf and all that. I mean, but Joe didn't know they were do he was doing that. He was just in a drink. I don't know. But now nothing has changed. They're still raking in millions and millions of dollars, the family. It's not right. I mean, I'm we're gonna talk a little bit about capitalism today in the context of what we want to talk about, but I I mean that isn't capital, that's corruption. It's really sad. President Biden said this morning, or yesterday, and it was repeated this morning. He said it yesterday afternoon, and but it was repeated in some headlines this morning. He said he wanted to get 98% of Americans vaccinated before the country could go on and become normal. <laughs> I'm not sure what he thinks normal is, but the president was asked by reporters at the White House, what about the vaccination rate that had to be where it needed to be before the country could return to normal? And he said, look, Look, I think we we get the vast majority, he said, like it's going on in so many so many industries, uh, so many schools. He said 96, 97, 98 percent. Well, reporters, some of them did what they're supposed to do, ask questions. Fauci said he didn't know where the president got that. And he and the president are pretty much locked at the hip. Other People in the medical industry said they didn't know where the Biden got that. But I guess that's kind of what he's thinking, that until everybody gets vaccinated, essentially, uh, there's going to be no normal. I don't know if he plans to enforce that or if he's just suggesting that he can see over the horizon, as he likes to say, and see that that's true, even though us little people don't understand sometimes. That's why this morning I wasn't surprised when I read a poll Only 45% of Americans trust President Joe Biden to provide accurate Chinese coronavirus information. And that wasn't taken after he made that statement. Only 45% of Americans. Perhaps it should be surprising that even that many agree. 53%, it was an Axios ISPIS poll, 53% of respondents said that they have little or no trust in President Biden to provide accurate coronavirus information. Where do you turn? What do you do when everything out there is so confused and so complex and so, it's so dishonest? I mean, there just doesn't seem to be a voice of truth so often. I'm not talking about politics, Republicans and Democrats. I'm just talking about life. I can tell you one thing. I know where to find the truth. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Psalm 31, 24, that is the truth, because it is the infallible, inerrant, inspired 
Word of God. It will not pass away. It will stand for eternity, because it is the word of the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. And ye that hope in the Lord. That's pretty simple. Even I can understand that. Just hope in the Lord. Courage comes from hoping in the Lord. And strength comes from hoping in the Lord. Keep that in mind today as you go through your day. Whatever you may be facing and perhaps not facing so much today, but we all face the trials and the difficulties and the challenges of life because life is what it is and it rolls. It happens. Keep in mind, your hope is in the Lord. New York Times, (laughs) that New York Times, says President Biden is going for broke. A plan for the economy, education, immigration, climate, and more. The Times says, quote, Biden's entire presidential agenda rests on this bill. What is this bill? (laughs) It's $3.5 trillion. He is indeed going for broke. He's going to break the government, break the, the country, break our bank. If he's allowed to go untethered and do what he's wanting to do. That's under consideration in our Congress today, as you know, and they're back and forth and they're running the halls and Nancy Pelosi is running around like she's the queen of something. And she is a powerful woman. She's third in line to the presidency. That would be right after Kamala Harris would not be president anymore. We won't even think about that possibility this morning. But his Build Back Better plan is so bloated, even his friends, Joe Biden's friends, are worried that it may self-destruct under its own weight. A lot of people I know, I would be one of them, are praying that it does. It does self-destruct under its own weight. I hope there are enough Republicans, and they're, they're not in the majority, but I hope there are enough Republicans who will stand up for what's right and forget about their political career and their pensions. And it's hard for most of them to do that. I'll be honest with you, even the nice ones that we like, who pray with us when they come back home, even they look out for themselves and then they take care of us for the most part. You say, how do you know? Well, I've just have watched not what they say so much as what they do and sometimes what they don't do when they're silent. Sometimes they're speaking most loudly. But to top it off, President Biden, with a straight face, he's telling America that his 3.5% trillion. Remember when we used to say, wow, our government is spending millions of dollars on this. When's the last time you used the phrase or even had the thought millions of dollars? We're way past that. We've been talking billions for several years now. Now we're trillions. What is after? I don't even know how many dollars are after trillions. It's a lot. I don't think Joe Biden knows. But his $3.5 trillion deal, he says with a straight face, will, quote, cost taxpayers zero dollars. I want to pause a moment this morning and talk about, and I'll come back to this in a moment. What would Jesus think of this bill? 
Oh, Jesus was not into politics. He was into life. He talked about such things. On September 25th, President Biden tweeted this about his $3.5 trillion bill. He said, my Build Back Better agenda costs zero dollars. Instead of wasting money on tax breaks, loopholes, and tax evasion for big corporations and the wealthy, we can make a once-in-a-generation investment in in working America, and it adds zero dollars to the national debt. New York Times says no president has ever packed so much of his agenda, domestic and foreign, into a single piece of legislation as President Biden. He's better. He's better than FDR. He's better than Lyndon Johnson. He's doing more for progress than either of those two guys. He is going to become known as the most progressive president in the history of the United States. And they celebrate that. This bill is overwhelming in size. They're talking about it right now as we speak. They're running around, Nancy Pelosi and all these guys, Chuck Schumer, and they're running around talking about how they're going to get this done and they've got to get this done and so on. ABC News said yesterday even the package is approved over GOP opposition. Some of the marquee education proposals would face a big hurdle getting buy-in from states. I mean, it's layered, and there's there's a pretty good possibility that even if it's passed through Congress, and the Democrats do have the majority, that it's going to run into problems. I pray to God that it does, and we should all pray that it does, and we should encourage our representatives, our elected officials, our public servants, as they were once called, to do something about this. And I understand living in a state where everybody's progressive that's elected because you've got a King County or a Multnomah County in Oregon and a Portland and a Seattle, and they tend to override what the state does as far as governors and senators and so on. But ABC is saying, boy, even if they get this passed through Congress, it's going to be tough. I hope it is. The Texas Public Policy Foundation has published a study. I wrote an article on this today in our our website, faithandfreedom.us. That's faithandfreedom.us. And in there, some of what I'm talking about right now is in the article that I wrote. The other isn't that I've been talking about. But in there, I put a link to this. I put a lot of links in what I write because we source it. Very, very carefully. Um, the Texas Public Policy Foundation, you can you can click that and go and check it out if you want to. I would encourage you do if you have more interest in this. But a quick look at what they have found in their in their policy uh, research. This is from Texas Public Policy Foundation. They found one that national debt increases uh, it, uh, will increase it in uh to $35,439 in debt on each American household. That's the zero debt that the President Biden is talking about. It's actually $35,439 will be attached to every family in America because of the this bill, should it be uh, become law. It jeopardizes family farms and businesses when the original owner dies, a death penalty, so to speak, Marriage penalty on small business owners as high as $130,200 annually. The median family's income in America, the median family income will drop by $12,000 as a result of this. 
It'll remove the cap on salt deductions. That salt is is uh, state and local taxes. Middle class family receives just fifteen dollars as a result of this. No matter what the president says, they've done the math. These guys they're very good at what they do. This is all they do. Uh, this this Texas Policy Foundation. The average family will get a fifteen dollar result. Well, wealthy Democrat donors and some Republicans in blue states particularly, they'll receive up to $150,000. It's staggering what's really happening here. Biden's Build Back Better plan will create a nanny state for education, and that's what I want to talk to you about for a moment. The spending will go toward government-sponsored universal preschool for three- and four-year-old kids. However, even people at whom this help is directed essentially don't want it. There's a poll out there today that says half of the women who are employed and have children under 18 would prefer to stay home when their children are young. They don't want the government to raise their children. Praise the Lord. I wish there were more. But this is some of these trillions of dollars are directed at women who don't want them. They don't want to abandon their family and say, here, government, raise my children for me. And that's what you're saying when you hand over your kids. The Build Back Better plan will spend $35 billion to expand free meals to all kids, whether they want them or not. They have them. It'll provide $111 billion for two years of quote-unquote free community college, even though it's widely known in education that community colleges have significant quality issues in regard to their education. They don't measure up with other education. Community colleges simply aren't working from an educational uh, expectation. A degree-seeking student who enrolls in a community college has just a 40% chance of earning a credential within six years. That's, I mean, that's many have found that to be true who have taken surveys on this. There's a substantial amount earmarked for creating new federal programs at the Labor Department to train people in mass for climate change jobs. <laughs> the amount of money that Biden wants to spend is staggering, but it's all a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it is directed toward education because education is the best tool in the hands of the progressive. This is not building back Better, it's an attack on freedom and capitalism, and it's stupid business. Even I know that. An attempt to push our country over the edge into the quagmire of some form of European socialism, and socialism is the next step toward communism. Everybody knows that in the world, but we don't like to talk about it here because we have these raving socialists in our Congress. Bernie Sanders, who owns... How what, three or four homes? But he's the exception because he's the elite. And I don't say that with any cynicism. I mean, it's a fact. He's pushing socialism on this country, and he's doing so openly without apology while he's living like a capitalist. AOC, is, she's out there. I don't know what her deal is, but she has a lot of following and a lot of George Soros and other money flowing to her and millions of followers on social media. And she's carrying the banner for socialism. These people don't live under socialism. 
They live under capitalism, but they demand socialism for the rest of us. That's the problem. A review of what it is that President Biden is trying to do. He's trying, he's trying to resurrect Vladimir Lenin. He's the father of socialism, and he led the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917. Then he founded the Russian Communist Party. He said things like, quote, democracy is indispensable to socialism. In other words, that's the path. He said, quote, give me four years to teach the children, and the seed I have sown will never be uprooted. He also said, and I quote, give me your four-year-olds, and in a generation I will build a socialist state. That's what's going on. Jesus Jesus taught something very different than what Jim Wallace and the other social justice warriors are telling churches all across the country. He talked about the talents. One of the one of his best known stories in the new to many people that don't even read the Bible, they know about the parable of the talents. It's in Matthew chapter twenty five, verses fourteen through thirty. A talent represented about twenty years of wages for the average laborer. About in today's economy, about six hundred thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. The first employee in the story was given $3 million to invest. Jesus says the wealthy man called his servants together and entrusted to them his property. In other words, he owned the means of production. The socialist says, oh no, the government must own the means of production. But in Jesus' philosophy, in Jesus' teaching, he owned the means of production. It did not belong to the village or the government. The capital used in economic exchange was totally and entirely in private hands. He, not a government bureaucrat, decided who would be entrusted with his wealth. Further, the businessman distributed the talents to each according to his ability, not each according to his need, as socialism teaches, rejecting the most fundamental tenet of socialism. That's called equity, and we're seeing equity everywhere. All of our elected public servants are trying to create equity so they can feel good about themselves. Because Everybody should come out the same. The finish line should be crowded. Everybody crosses the finish line together. That's not at all what Jesus taught. And the parable of the talents is very revealing. The business model in Biden's and Bernie's and AOC's and the other public servants who are socialists is one that's based on Marxist socialism from each according to his ability. We're going to take everything you've got because that's fair, that's right, that's moral. That's what needs to happen. The whole story in Matthew 25 is based on merit, not need or equity. In his story, Jesus has no hint of equal outcome. Read the story. And yet these people, sometimes in the name of the Lord, are pushing this destructive ideology, trying to convert our nation imperfect as we are, but blessed by God into some kind of a socialist dump of some kind, like so many other countries have done. In Jesus' story, laziness is punished rather than rewarded, and resources are not involuntarily transferred from producers to non-producers, but it's the other way around. Jesus taught capitalism. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow.